And both of them for, oh my gosh, I would say three months sucked at moving and shooting. I mean, to the point where if there was a piece of steel out there, a big piece of steel at 10 yards, there'd be five, six shots at that on the move because the footwork was off, right? The timing was off. It was just, it was just off. And I remember people saying, man, those guys, they need to stop moving and shooting. You can't move and shoot on that piece of steel. And I was like, well, I did. Yeah, but you know, you're a grandmaster. Okay, well, how the hell did I become a grandmaster? Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. So this is the end of the year podcast. So this podcast is all about talking about how everything went this year, how up my ups and downs, and and just kind of how 2021 really, really kind of took off for me. This was the first complete year of the Shooting Academy, and man, what a crazy year it's been. I have... Um, I had an amazing year this year, but I had some pitfalls. I had some downfalls with some things that happened this year. So it was kind of crazy. Um, my business has been super busy. So shooting was really hard sometimes to make it all happen, but it, it happened. You know, I, I put it all together and the shooting Academy grew and hopefully next year when 2022 rolls around, I will have a full-time business of just doing shooting Academy. But it all depends, man. You know, the, the economy, this sport, there's a lot of things that go into this game. Primers, uh, a lot of things that go into this game that keep us from, you know, doing what we love, doing this hobby. So it's it's all, it's kind of hard. It's up in the air. You never really can predict this sport uh, or, or just shooting in general with, with the way components have been an issue and all those kind of things. I was fortunate enough at the end of the year here. Uh, it was about three or four months ago, I was able to grab a bunch of primers at a okay price. I mean, I can't stand when I hear people nowadays talk about, oh man, it was such a good deal. It was only 65 or 75 bucks or whatever it is that they say it is. And it's like, look, that's not a deal. <laughs> that's still outrageous compared to 35, a thousand we used to pay. So we, we have to stop, make sure that in the future that we don't talk ourselves into accepting these ridiculous prices. And eventually we as shooters need to say enough is enough. We're not paying these prices. And if we don't have to pay these prices or we don't pay these prices, they have to go down because eventually they lose money. If, if, if everybody just bands together and figures out, look, these prices that they're coming up with are crazy and we're not going to pay it anymore. Then you'll see a big difference in primer cost. But, but until then it, it's not going to happen. That's, that's just all there is to it. It's not going to happen. The prices are going to keep going up. The man's going to keep going up because you know, we don't have the primers that we need to run our, run our sport and run our businesses. So it's just one of those things where hopefully eventually it just kind of all starts to settle back down. Eventually it has to settle down, I think, but who knows? Everybody seems to keep paying for it. So including me, I paid way more than I thought I would have paid, but I'm not paying some of these prices. Some of these guys are paying 75 to a hundred dollars a thousand. And that's just crazy. I'll, I'll be out of the game. <laughs> I'll be out of the game. I mean, it's uh, just financially. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense financially to do it. This whole podcast guys, I want, I'm going to talk a little bit about how my year went and, and how I really grew this year as a shooter and how, at the end of the year, you should start to always, you should always go back and look at the year in a whole and really kind of see how your year went. Not, not just 
it's not about wins and losses. I mean, that's always important, but it's not about wins and losses. It's about really it's it's about did you grow as a shooter? Did you learn? Did you become a better shooter? Did you did you figure out something that you were terrible at for the for the last 2 years and this is the year you figured it out? Can you can you go back and say, "Hey, I figured something out. I need to now go and use that." And really use that to figure out the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Is there going to be a way that you'll be able to figure all of those things out and and kind of use them to get better on the next the next item? So, like, I'll give you a good example. So, when I first started shooting, I, I was always a, a fast shooter. Like, I ran fast. I moved fast. I'd get into position fast. I would just shoot really fast, even if I didn't hit anything. But I always knew that... I would slow down eventually or learn how to contain that speed, not slow down, but learn how to shoot at that speed. So my brain would eventually slow down. So as I get into the game and I, or I get into the sport and I'm, I'm doing better, I'm doing better, I'm doing better. I always would get stuck on things. And I was like, man, why can't I figure this out? And then I started realizing that it was one thing at a time. It was always about the details. So this year, I'm, this is my third year that I've been shooting this sport. October was three years for me. I, I, I've been in the game for three years. So on my third year, I really have ha figured out a way or a, I don't want to say a way, more of like a system on how to really get better. And right now, recently I do breakdown videos for students uh, that are my master members for the insider circle. And it's, I'm watching these shooters and I'm like, ah, oh, he's got it. He's figured it out. He sees it. He's figured it out. He understands what I'm talking about. Cause it, I, I do a breakdown video once a month for them. So they, they send in their videos. Uh, I go over them. I talk over them. Uh, I throw graphics on them sometimes and then, uh, you know, answer any questions afterwards. So we have a good conversation afterwards. A lot of times, uh, sometimes I nail it. Sometimes they get it right away. And then sometimes they have to come back and go, hey, man, did you mean this? Or it just it's just small detail things like that. So having that conversation and and it's like listening to them talk from the first time we've we did a video together to the, the last recent video. I'm just like, he's got it. He figured it out. He understands. He sees it. He's he's getting it. And it's it's such a great feeling as a coach. But then I because sometimes I forget as a shooter what it's like to have that because I'm always so focused on my students that I'm like, oh, I just figured that out. <laughs> so I, I realized that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this video because I wanted to sit down and I realized that this year I sat down and I had a lot of breakthroughs this year, but I don't think about them as breakthroughs because they're not something specifically that I was doing for myself. It was a breakthrough that I would find in my coaching uh, or a teaching of a student but I, I was breaking down a specific type of drills or something that they asked for or something that I was like, hey, this is something I always struggled with. And then I would figure out a new way to do it. I would figure out a new way to coach it. I would figure out a new way to break it down to where it's like, oh, this is so much easier if you think of it this way. Even me as a shooter, not, not just as the coach, but as the shooter. And I'm just like, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I need to say. That's what needs to be done. And this is how you break it down to a smaller drill. It's crazy when you start really thinking overall the year that I had and how I was able to figure out the small details and then add it to my shooting, which made me a better shooter. It made me such a better shooter. 
mentally, the shooter that I became this year was a completely different shooter. I mean, I think about where I'm at in my abilities and how long I've been shooting. I mean, I've only been shooting three years, so I'm impatient. I always think that, you know, you can instantly be great. Well, it doesn't work that way. It's it's hard work. It's effort. It's time. A lot of time. A lot of this is time. I mean, you have guys that are winning national championships that the reason they win all the time is, well, one, they're great shooters, but they've also been doing this for 20 some odd years. So, or even 15 or 10, even 10 years, just think about what three years and five years is. It's going to be a completely different number there. So it's really, really different when you start looking at, look at it that way. Time is your friend in this sport. If, and big if, you use it. You can't get better if you don't use it. And I, what I mean by that is I make videos for shooters. And and the shooters, if they don't watch the videos or use the videos or follow the videos, it doesn't do you any good. You have to follow the videos. You have to practice it. You don't even have to live fire it. You can dry fire it. I, I've really figured out this year a lot that dry fire that dry fire is way more important than I used to give it credit for. I mean, I've always dry fired. I've always known dry fire was important, but this year dry fire is really, really important to me. I've been doing a lot more dry fire at the end of the year after nationals. I did a lot more dry fire after nationals this year. I did tons and tons of dry fire on the basics in on the range, not just at home, but on the range. Now, I've, I've switched platforms at the end of the year here. I went from carry optics to I went from carry optics to open this year at the very end after I shot uh, open nationals. And it was just like, wow, like I, I've got to start all over again. I've got to learn this gun. I got to learn this platform. It's a completely different platform, a completely different, you know, thing to remember, a different grip, different magazines, different reloads, different weight of a gun, all of these different things. It's it's all different now. So it was just one of those things where, wow, okay, I'm starting all over again. So I spent an entire year doing carry optics and now I'm going back to another platform where I have to start all over again. Now I will say I have not given up on my carry optics. I love my plastic, fantastic canic, and I will be going back to that. And I, my plan is for next year, I have quite a few matches for next year. My plan is to uh, shoot open for every match. As long as I have a gun. And my plan is to shoot carry optics nationals and then shoot open nationals next year. I have a ton of matches that I already have planned out. I've got a couple classes that'll be coming up next year. I've got all of April is basically shooting. I mean, all I'll be doing is shooting matches and, and cl doing classes. I have a class in Texas in April, which the details will be coming out on all these classes, guys. Um, I have April. We'll be doing a class uh, at the end of, I think it's the beginning of May, I'll be doing a, or the end of April, I'll be doing a class. Beginning of April, I'll be doing a class. The class in Texas, I'll be doing a match there on uh, a, a full day of class on a Saturday. Then I'll be shooting on Sunday with that same squad or that same group. We're going to have our own squad and we're going to run the match. So one of the big things that I, I pride myself on as a coach is I, I want to make you a better shooter for stages. I don't really care what your classification is. Your classification will come with your skills. If you can sh burn stages down, your classifications come with it because your gun skills follow 
basically, if you can run a match or run a stage, your fundamentals and things that I teach you at speed, those all translate into classifications. That's just how it is. So I, I plan on doing that class in Texas. And then on the, I have a South Carolina sectional match that I'm actually sponsoring a stage for Tom Castro shooting Academy is sponsoring that stage. I will be also having a, um, a class in South Carolina and that class, what's great about that class is my buddy Todd Holmes, um, is going to give us access after the match to, uh, three, two or three stages or whatever it is that I decide to keep. Cause I'm going to shoot the match there, uh, as the, the South Carolina sectional, but he's going to allow me to pick the stages and we're going to keep those and use those in the two day class. So the, again, I, I really strive to give you the shooter or student the opportunity to become a better shooter in stages, not just a better classifier shooter or stand and shooter, stand and shoot guy. Uh, I'm trying to teach you how to walk stages, how to look for that stage plan that's going to take you to the next level how to move and shoot when you're not supposed to because people tell you to stop and get your hits, which is bull crap. Uh, th those are all things that are, are that I teach in my class beyond the fundamentals. So obviously I teach the fundamentals because the fundamentals are, are what I'm good at and what you, what you have to know. But I, I'm teaching you everything on how to get faster at those fundamentals. Sometimes, guys, it's not just going faster sometimes it's about doing something more efficiently that makes it faster it allows you to shoot slower and makes it feel slower but you're going faster because of its efficiency i mean I, there's things i have videos that i talk about in the draw that it i talk about the draw video i have a draw video that shows you just hand placement you know just where you place your hand is going to make it faster it's not even you know oh move your hand faster okay well that's obvious but why do you need to move your hand faster? Why? Okay, so you need to move your hand faster to grab the gun. Well, how do you do that more consistently? Right? If you have to take your, if your hand's in front of your gun and you have to come back and then up, you're going to be slower because you're adding an extra, let me rephrase that. You might not be slower, but you will definitely be more inconsistent because it's going to be harder to make two or three movements compared to just one straight up, one straight down movement to that gun. It's like, so the way I draw my gun is almost like a pluck or a uh, scoop draw, but I pluck it. So, but the scoop draw for me, I just come up over the top of the gun instead of straight through. So that's the difference. But my, my draw is straight up, straight down. I, I don't have any back and forth. I don't have any, my gun's hands not in front of the gun. It's not behind the gun. It's directly right where the grip is. My knuckles there. And I never have the beaver tail. It's everything's just, it's just there where I want it to be. That all comes from setting up your gun or setting up and being prepared and learning those tips and quick things that I teach in the insider circle and in my classes. So, so I have all kinds of stuff planned for next year with classes and so on and so forth. So my, my other goal this year was to really grow the insider circle, the content, not, not just the members, but the content. So at the end of the year, I've really kind of made a big plan for next year and I'll kind of get to that later in the video, but I have some pretty big plans that I have that I want to, I'm going to grow the insider circle with many, many more subjects, not just, not just members. The members aren't as important as the content to me. I want to have super, super, super detailed content 
and then the members will come because the, the content's there. I mean, it's already there, but I want to add even more. I have a lot of videos in there now, but I'm starting to do a lot more detailed videos. I'm adding more detailed videos. I have uh, subjects come up all the time. It's crazy how you would feel like the more videos I made this year is the more like, man, I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. And I never do. There's always something every week that comes up in this sport that I'm like, oh, I need to talk about that. That's a mindset Monday. I need to talk about that mental part that I had to figure out there and, and all those things, changing guns. Uh, I made a YouTube video this year on recoil springs. I mean, it wasn't scientific. I just held the gun and figured out what I liked and showed in the video how the gun recoils and how it doesn't recoil. And those are all different things that you, you have to use and learn in this sport. So I try to make sure I share that stuff with you guys because hopefully it helps somebody. If it helps just one person, then it was worth the time for me to break out the videos and do the editing and, and all that stuff. So, but again, this year, I, I would say this year was, it was a good year. I, I, I'm a little frustrated with this year because there was some um, non-shooting USPSA related bullshit. I'm just going to say it straight out. It was straight up bullshit this year. Um, there are people in this sport that just cannot leave others alone. They love to mess with people. They try to get them kicked out. They make things up about people in their behind their back. There was some suspensions this year that I thought were ridiculous. Um, there's a lot of things going on in USPSA this year, and it's all seemed to accumulate at the end of the year here um, that it's all kind of coming to a head. But if you don't think that USPSA at this point uh, can just not, they, the, the suspension thing really bothers me because you spend a lot of time and a lot of money busting your ass and getting good at this sport. And if somebody doesn't like your personality, they can kick you out of this game. I have never talked about this publicly. I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but I guess it's just been something that it's, I've really wanted to get off my chest for a while. So the Brandon Raider thing where area five, when the, the DQ up range, I know Brandon, he's a pretty good dude. I don't know him super well. We're not best friends, but I've met him and talked to him many times. And I've also talked to him personally about what happened. I'm not here to defend him. I'm not here to make an opinion about what he did afterwards or his, his, his comments or or anything. I, I don't care. That's not my place. That's that's not my place to defend him. I'm not going to get into that. But what really bothers me is that when someone DQs in this sport, why aren't every single one of them DQ'd for a year? If you're going to treat one person completely different, then you have to treat them all the same. You can't treat people different. If the guy DQs, what's the difference between that DQ and a DQ over the berm? No one knows where the bullet went. It's still a DQ. It's still a DQ. There's no difference. That that's This is some of the stuff that bothers me about this game is they DQ'd him or removed him from the sport. They removed him from the sport. How do you remove somebody for a DQ? So I was told, and I've talked to many people, I was told that he was removed because of his attitude at the end of it, as if he didn't give a shit. Well, I hate to tell you, but there's a lot of people that have shitty attitudes in this sport and they're not DQ'd and not removed from the sport. 
There's a lot of people with really bad attitudes in this sport, including people in charge. And nobody gets rid of them. There's no rule in this sport that says you have to have a good attitude, that you have to be nice to people, that you have to be liked. You have to be popular. (laughs) There's no rule. So how does he get removed from the sport? Again, just my opinion doesn't mean anything. I, I, I am not condoning what happened. I would be very upset myself. I was not happy that some of the responses that he gave, but he was also provoked in many ways. But we all, we all seem to forget that when people go on the internet and make memes about you and talk shit about you, you're supposed to just take it and not say anything back. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. There's a lot of things in USPSA right now. Just remember the word disrepute. Disrepute. At any point in this sport, guys, they can remove you for not liking the color of your shirt. They can remove you for pretty much anything they want. So if you're a USPSA shooter, you should probably pay attention to that. Because it's something that they absolutely are doing and getting away with. There are memes that are out there, not even memes. There are there are co- screenshots of conversations with people in charge saying that you're in disrepute. That is a straight up threat to our sport and to you as a shooter. Now, I don't get into the drama. The drama seems to come to me. But I don't get into the USPSA drama. I don't care. I just want to be a shooter. I just want to coach. I love this sport. I love coaching. I just want to I just want to play this game and do what I do. But I had to get this out at the end of the year because I have been attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked behind my back more than you'll ever know cuz I'll never talk about it. It'll this will be the last time you hear about it. But just so you know, this is what goes on in our game. And there are people out there that don't know anything about who they are talking about who they want to remove from the sport. These people don't know anything about me that are coming after me. It's amazing to me that they get away with what they get away with. But welcome to USPSA. (laughs) Welcome to USPSA. All right. So back to positive because I just, I don't know why, but I felt like I had to dump that out and get that off my chest. It's been a very frustrating year because of that. It's been super frustrating this year for me to have to deal with those things. So I, I'm trying to, I, I think it's over. I think this year is going to, I don't know if it'll go away because those people don't go away and those people don't grow up and they don't seem to get over themselves. <laughs> but I guess the way I deal with it is I hang out with my friends like everybody else. I keep to myself. I only talk to my friends and I try to kick their ass every time we hit the range. I always make sure that I go out there and try to outperform those people that run me down behind my back, that make things up about me. And that's okay because when I end those matches and I'm able to keep, and they have to scroll past my name, makes me feel great. It makes me feel great because it makes me realize how petty those people are 
and how hard I bust my ass to become the shooter that I am. So, okay, let's go on. <laughs> Sorry, it just it just gets it got under my skin this year a lot. I have been attacked more than anyone will ever know. Even my friends that I talk to on a regular basis don't even know the things that I've had to go through this year. It's been pretty stressful. It's uh I've almost walked away from the game because of it. But you know what? It motivates the hell out of me. So for any of you guys, and I'll add this because I think that's a good thing that can turn this into a positive for anybody. The people that hate you or the people that just don't want you to win or just call you a sandbagger, those people that just, the, the negative, even, even your buddy talking trash to you, and, and in, a, in a good way, because man, me and my buddies, boy, do we talk trash to each other like crazy, like we're brutal. Anybody who's ever shot on our squad would think that we hate each other. But if they're after about 10 minutes, they're like, God, these guys love each other. It's just, I don't know. I have a lot of friends in this sport that are like that. Um, big shout out to the rotten boys. The, those guys, Siler, Brennan, Kyle, Yost. Those guys are awesome. I mean, we just a lot of trash talk to each other and that's what makes it fun. Hammer and sear, you know, the, I mean, all those guys, Paul Kerr, all those guys are just so much fun to hang around and just trash talk each other because we love each other. It's, it's all friendship. But then you got those few people outside that don't understand that. They don't understand what it's like to be those type of friends. And then they just, they run their mouth and it just gets frustrating. So hopefully one day you guys will lighten up, get that stick out of your ass and enjoy life like we do because uh, we have a great time with each other. We all have fun. See me and my buddies, me and my team short bus. Uh, we have a great time here and uh, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great 2022 because I'm learning to really block all those morons out and enjoy the game and enjoy the game. Like I used to enjoy the game. So 2021, I won a lot of matches. Uh, I would say that the biggest match of my life and actually what really, I guess kind of cemented to me as well, because I, I'll tell you, I have a lot of doubts sometimes in myself, not, not my, not my abilities. No, I, I don't really lack confidence. I know people, that's another thing I get a lot of shit about is that I'm confident and they call it cocky. I'm like, all right, if I guess if you want to think you suck, then that's up to you. But when you go into the sport and there's so many things that you can mess up on in this sport, I mean, so many things you could have, I'll give you a great example. I had eight out of the 10 stages, maybe no nine out of the 10 stages at the Florida sectional was our last match of the year in 2021. The Florida sectional and I crushed it. Not everybody else. I crushed it. My standards. I, I'm not talking about anybody else. I don't ever worry about anybody else. I don't care who's there. I don't care about the other shooters. I, I care about me. I, I can't control the other shooters. I mean, there are some really good shooters that showed up to that match. I, I just don't, I don't think about those guys. I think about my own shooting. That's it. I don't care about anybody else's shooting. I'm not, that's part of what everybody has a problem with too, is that I don't run around going, Oh my God, this guy's here. That guy's there. I don't care. I, I mean, those guys are awesome. Some of those guys, like every time Christian Siler comes to a match, that's amazing. But I don't go, Oh my God, Christian Siler's here. I'm going to get my ass beat. I don't care. I'm just going to do what I do. And that's what he does. And I think people need to realize that that's what he does. He's there for him. And he focuses on what he does. And that's how he wins all the time. If he was to worry about being down by one point or two points or three points, 
you would never win. You'd always be afraid of losing or messing, making mistakes. You can't shoot like that. You have to just go out and shoot and perform. So we're going through. So this year I went into, I went into this year focused 100% on carry optics and national or area six this year was at the beginning of the year. So I had, I had picked up the carry optics. I think I had picked up the carry optics in February. I can't remember all the dates. I think I've, I picked it up a little bit into the year. I didn't pick it up right away. So I picked up the carry optics gun. Actually, I shot carry optics the, the year before at nationals with no practice. And I ended up placing 16th overall. So I had no practice. I didn't draw. I, I, my reloads were really killing me because I hadn't practiced. I, I shot um, PCC the entire year and then switched over to carry optics at the very, very end. So then I shot open at the very end of 20, uh, 2019. Or t- I'm sorry, 2020. So as I, I shoot both of those and I was like, all right, I, I really like this. I'm going back to pistol. I'm going to stick with pistol. I'm going to get, I'm really enjoying the pistol again. So I go in, shoot carry optics, figure out everything I needed to figure out with the plastic. Fantastic. I had to fix the plastic. Fantastic for me. The gun runs great. It really does. But I needed to do some things to it that was better for me. I added some tungsten carbide grip, not tungsten carbide, I'm sorry, the silicone carbide grip. I really enjoy that grip. It's so much tackier uh, compared to, you know, hitting it with a solder iron or soldering iron or whatever, however you do it. I tried that, didn't like it, ended up going back and putting the uh, carbide grip on it and loved it. It just made a huge difference, added the weight to the grip, added a tungsten uh, guide rod, and some new springs instead of the, I I wasn't a fan of some of the other systems out there. So I got that gun running exactly the way I wanted to get it to run. And I found some different levels this year that I never thought I'd shoot at. I, I did. I found some levels that I never, ever thought I'd shoot at. So I went into nationals or I went into area six this year, really prepared Like shooting wise, I was super prepared, but the only thing about area six that I was, I would say I was nervous about was I had found another level of speed visually and physically shooting that gun. And I didn't know, (laughs) I didn't know if I was going to be successful. Honestly, I did not think it was going to go well. So, I mean, I, let me rephrase that. I thought it was going to go well, but I didn't know if I could perform at that level because I I had never shot that fast in my life. I mean, it was crazy fast. Like I was shooting so fast that I was like, I, I I'm seeing the dot. I'm seeing the hits, but is it really happening at that speed? That's that's, it was one of those things where it was, I wasn't comfortable. My brain hadn't caught up to that speed. So finally I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to run with it. I'm just going to run with it. I'm going to shoot like this. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to try to go for hits. I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to shoot like I shoot. And I'm just going to make sure I grip the hell out of the gun. I'm going to work on that accuracy while I'm there. So I shoot this match and I remember a couple of times that I was like, holy shit, I'm going so fast. Like I'm really shooting fast and and I was like, man, it's just like, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like my normal, 
I don't want to say match mode or practice mode. It just didn't, I had never shot that fast before. And it wasn't even just the speed. It was, I mean, the way my transitions were and the way I figured out how to move off the second shot and, and all these different things. So I go into that match and I, I, I shoot the match and I, I win high overall in carry optics. And I was like, holy shit, I just won area six. Like the first time I ever shot a major match with carry optics the after practicing, because obviously I shot one at nationals the year before, but the first time I picked up the gun, I went to area six and shot that match and won high overall. I was like, I, oh my God, I did it. And it's funny because a lot of times I win matches. I don't go back and look at the matches or I don't, I don't enjoy the win. I just go, okay, what's the next thing I need to work on? I don't sit back and go, huh, I won, you know, like I won. That's awesome. That feels great. Like, cool. Look at this. I, I, I won. I don't do that. I never do that. I just grab the video camera or grab those videos and I go, all right, cool. I'm time to get to work. <laughs> it's weird. It's not good. I should enjoy it. And I do enjoy it. That's why I keep doing it. But I don't, I didn't really look at it. I don't sit back and look at it. That was the first match I've ever shot that I remember driving in the truck with my buddy Craig. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, <laughs> I just fucking won area six. He was like, yeah, dude, you just won area six. And I was like, man, but I shot like this. He goes, dude, you just won area six. And I go, all right, I won area six. <laughs> and that was it. I didn't, I didn't try to beat myself up. I didn't try to go over all the things I did shitty. Uh, I didn't go over my hits, nothing. I just enjoyed it for the day. For the rest of that day, I just, I had a big grin on my face. I was like, yeah, dude, I just won area six. Like, holy shit, I'm good at this. Like, I, I truly can tell myself I'm good at this. I beat some very, very, very good shooters that day. And it gave me a confidence that I cannot explain on this. I mean, it, the confidence that I gained from that wasn't confidence that, oh, yeah, I'm the best shooter. I can beat anybody. It wasn't that. It was that the confidence was I'm on the right track with my training. My coaching program is working. Because a little secret, the coaching program that I teach is the program that I use. <laughs> I don't have like this program that I have like a secret side stuff for me. I give all of my secrets because to me, it's it's like, look, I want my students to be more successful than me. Now, obviously, I don't want to lose to them. But if I do lose to my student, I did my job, right? I did my job. That's exactly what it's about. I did my job. So that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it. Oh, I can't let that guy have this secret because I give it all away. I don't, I don't care. To me, I don't care. It's I give it all away. It's not, I don't play mind games like that. I just, I just play straight up and it's you versus me who best man wins. Even that day, sometimes you're not shooting well. I'm not shooting well. It doesn't make you a better shooter or me a better shooter. It means that you just didn't shoot well that day. That's all. It's just how it works. It's, it's called sports. It's just like NFL teams that beat like the worst NFL team beats the shit out of the best NFL team in league score wise. It's like, oh, well, does that mean they're better? No, they just better that day. So it was a big, big jump for me. So I come out of that and I go to the next match. I think it was South Carolina was the match right after that. And I shot that match really, really well. But 
I really, really discovered that that speed that I was shooting at at Area 6 was now my new pace. I could shoot that carry optics gun like I was shooting my PCC. As long as I focused on the fundamentals of what I do and, and the fundamentals of what I teach, that was the key. So as I, as I learned and I, as I got better, I realized that you can't slack off on those fundamentals, no matter what you do, you have to stick to those fundamentals. It's just doing those fundamentals at speed now. So I think I, I don't, I can't remember when the dates were of the JJ class, but this year I, I have, uh, he's in, he moved to Florida. So this year I had an opportunity that I think somebody dropped out or there were two people that dropped out or they didn't have two people filled into that class, which is unusual for JJ. His classes fill out. I mean, almost instantly. So, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay for the class. I, I never paid for a coach before. I've never believed in a coach until I met my buddy, Dwayne Spires. And it's amazing how important that coach has become in my life because I have coaches in all kinds of things in my life now. So when it comes to the videoing, I went into a video coaching program where there's a program where it teaches me how to do the videos, the, the editing, all the, well, editing, not so much that that's kind of just a YouTube thing. And then me learning, but everything that I learn when it comes to the videos, the cameras, the, all those things, the equipment to use, the, the podcast equipment, everything is all in this video program that I have that I paid for out of my money <laughs> to teach me how to do this. And I'll tell you what, I called up Dwayne immediately and was like, dude, I can't believe I waited 41 years <laughs> to figure out or get this tip that a coach is so important. And then I think about how important or how far I would have been if I would have went to a JJ class at the beginning or a Tim Heron class or any of these guys that have been out there before me. And I realized like, and we, we coach differently we really do. We all coach differently. We all coach similar things, but we all coach differently. So uh, JJ's class, the big thing for me when I went to the JJ class is I was like, Psh, I'm already a good shooter. Maybe I'll pick up a few things, but I really care about becoming a better coach. I want to see how he coaches. I want to see how he communicates with the students, how he does it differently than I do. Is there things that I could add to my program on how he coaches, not just drills, because I mean, a lot of the drills we all have, uh, we all do things a little bit differently. So like you'll hear people when they're like, oh yeah, man, I created this drill. I'm like, all right, man, you really didn't like this drill was created by this person. You put a name on it, you know, kind of thing. So, or I, I've created, I don't know how many things I've discovered on my own that I'm like, oh man, this is a great drill. And I'm like, oh shit, that's actually, they call it this. These guys use this drill or they called it that. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll just call it that then since it was already there. That doesn't mean I stole it. That doesn't mean I'm stealing their ideas. It's just like, oh, I already. So there's things that I coach that I've been saying now for the last two years or over a year. And I just heard a guy say it the other day. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, he's the first person I've ever heard say it, but me. So does that mean that he stole it from me? No, it's, 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 it's shooting. It's kind of an obvious thing. It's just the way we communicate it differently. So going into JJ's class, I was like, I'm just going to be a better coach. I want to learn how to be a better coach. Now, again, I'm always open to learning. So, so that's what was best thing about going into JJ class is I'm like, all right, I'm ready to, I'm ready to learn. Let's get in there. 
So I'm probably really hard as a, for a coach to coach because I'm a guy who I want to be coached. Like I want to fail and make mistakes. I don't care about perfection. I care about sucking in front of that guy being the in being on the line as much as possible so that he has his eyes on me and can fix me. Right? So I went to that class and again, I went in there thinking, "All right, cool, I'm going to be a better coach." And I ended up becoming a better shooter. Like I became a way better shooter than I did coach. I was like, I didn't learn to be a better coach much at all. Like it was like, because 90% of the time I was standing there and I'm like, I say exactly what he says. I said what he just said. I say that all the time. Holy shit. I'm, and that was another thing about the JJ class that I really enjoyed. It showed me I was on the right path as a coach. I mean, the guy's one of the best shooters and best coaches in the world. And I was saying all the same things that he was saying. And I had never gone to a JJ class. I had never watched JJ videos. I, I, I kind of, I'm not much of a, I don't want to say a fanboy because there's, I don't want to call us that because, you know, watching JJ as a shooter, Max Michelle, those guys, you, that's not fanboy. That's, you're learning from those guys watching them shoot. So I, I just not, I guess I didn't, I don't really follow the super high end shooters and I didn't know that there was a, a level above a level and those kind of guys to watch. Now, obviously I do now. So I go into the class, I shoot, I'm doing my thing. And it was hilarious because towards the end of the class, like guys would, I don't know. I'm a big volunteer. Like when I come and shoot, like, like I said, I want to be told that what I'm doing wrong. So when is the best time to do that? in the class, <laughs> in the class. So if someone else isn't going to volunteer to go first, hi, I'll go. I'm down with it. I'll be the first guinea pig. I'll be the first one to screw up. I'm in, put me in the game, coach. That's just the way I've always been. If I was somebody that didn't get a chance to play, I'd be on that coach's ass constantly. Like put me in coach. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let me prove myself. Let me prove myself. Let me prove myself. So Towards the end, I would say that our last two or three drills, JJ would go, oh, uh, anybody who wants to go, everyone would just go, Tom's going to, Tom will go. <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, like, man, if you guys don't want to go, I'm here to shoot. I'm here to get better. I'm not here to hang out. I'm here to get better. I'm okay with sucking in front of JJ Ricasa. This is how you get better. So one of the things I teach in my class or I, I promote in my class is, and actually, I did it in South Carolina, especially uh, in South Carolina. I said, guys, if if I ask for somebody to come up here, feel free. I, I will stop when you want to stop. I love coaching and you are here to shoot. Let's go. Right. I can talk after the class. I can talk when you guys are reloading, but we're here to shoot and become better shooters. If you're not pulling the trigger at my class, then something's really going wrong. <laughs> something's really going wrong. That's just the way I've always ran my classes. I want my classes to be super aggressive when it comes to shooting, moving. You're there to learn. You're not there for me just to talk. You can hear my philosophies and all the things that I want to teach you here on the podcast or in my insider circle. So it's just really important to me to make sure that when someone comes to my class that they get full effort from me because that's what I expect out of them as a student. So JJ's class is all said and done. And I walk out of that class and man, did I fail so many times. I mean, I failed so many times, but I had some real success at that class as well. And I realized 
some of the things that he was teaching, I, I did, but I didn't know I did it. And not knowing it was the problem. I needed to know why I was doing it, why I needed to, why it was something I needed to repeat over and over again, all those kind of things. So when I walked out of that class, I was like, damn, dude, I didn't even know I did that. I didn't even know I was doing it that way. I didn't know I needed to fix that. I didn't realize that it wasn't as efficient as I thought it was. A great example is one of the things that I've always preached is gun up, gun up, gun up, be ready to shoot, be ready to shoot, be ready to shoot. JJ changed my definition of that. So, and I'm pretty sure it's, he said it, uh, or maybe I've just added to what he said, but I'm almost a hundred percent certain that he said it. He probably didn't say it this way. Cause this is the way I talk, but gun up, isn't gun at chest gun up. Isn't gun, you know, hands together and, and you're coming into a position and if I remember, I, I'll give him credit for it, but I, I know this is something that I've preached since is gun up is dot on target or sights on target. That is gun up. So when you enter a position, if your gun isn't on target, your gun isn't up. Just because it's at your chest doesn't mean anything. You should have the gun up and pressed out, ready to go. And be ready to fire as soon as you get into bounds. If, if you're entering or exiting, in, if you're entering in bounds, or if you're entering into a position at the very end or a corner or a port, whatever it is, if your gun isn't up and you don't actually have sights lined up, obviously I shoot a lot of red dots, so it's a lot easier for a red dot to just be there. But if you don't have that, then your gun isn't up. Then you technically don't have gun up. That's that's it. There's there's no ways around that. You you just have to have your gun up, or you can't shoot. That that's it's a fact. <laughs> the other thing is that he went into a lot was trigger prep, and and that was huge for me because I always trigger prepped. I even trigger prepped at the definition that he said. But one of the things that, or let me rephrase that. I trigger prepped and I already knew where he was going with the conversation that he had with trigger prep, but I, he added something that I didn't really like, I've never thought of or paid attention to trigger prep is the preparation before the shot, not just hold to the wall. It's mind sights, trigger finger press. All those things. The sight picture has to be there. The trigger has to be to the wall, ready to go. You have to be ready to fire. You have to get your visual confirmation on that target and be ready to go. And then pull the trigger. Not just hold to the wall, red dot or sights lined up, pull trigger. That sounds great. But are you actually prepped? for it like are you actually mentally paying attention to the dot are you mental or the target are you mentally preparing is the site is the trigger ready before you even get there are you waiting for that dot to come down is it there is it there and has the gun has the dot stopped is the dot are you sweeping the target is the dot moving up and down all of those things come into into prep now it's no longer just hold my finger on the trigger and pull the trigger because that's not technically prepping. You're not. So it's preparation for the shot. 
That's what trigger prep is. It's preparation for the shot. That was a huge statement from him that I was like, oh, boom, like head exploded. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Totally get it now. Got it. And, and I already did all of that, but I didn't mentally do it. I physically did all those things, but I didn't mentally prepare for those shots. And that was, that was big. That was very, very big. So it was a, it was the best decision I ever made was to go to a class. I'm sure if I would have went to other classes, I would have had very good things. I I've heard a lot of good things about other coaches. Uh, I, there are things that I absolutely disagreed with, with JJ on, on the way he not teaches at all. Teaching was great, but the way he thinks about things. And I think that's kind of a good thing because we all have our own style. We all have our own style, right? We all have our own way of doing things. It's There's more than one way to do things. I, I learned a long time when I became a coach that there is, there is the a way, not the way. Right, including me. I have become such a more open-minded shooter because of my coaching. I, I remember when I first started this game, I was like, I know best. I, I'm look, I'm getting better. I'm beating everybody. I'm beating all the guys at my local match. Oh, yeah, I'm great. I got this. I, I'm everything I'm doing is good. I'm right on the money. And then I'd watch somebody else I'm like, that's stupid. That's terrible. Like, why would they do it that way? And then I, I was like, you know what? maybe I need to start paying attention a little bit more to some of these other guys and how they shoot. And then you can take something from each thing that they do a little thing here, a little thing there, a little thing here. And it's amazing how you start to become a complete shooter with a lot of different ways. Now there's a lot of things that contradict things and contradict those things. So you have to learn. And that's the hard. I think that's why a coach is so important because you can get different perspectives and you're not really they're not contradicting each other to the point where they're like that guy sucks or they're not doing that if you're a good coach you don't do that you know that there's other ways to do it and that's the biggest thing i've learned this year was that i've learned that my way is not the way it's a way and it's very successful for many people that i've coached i i I have guys that are in my class right now or in my insider circle that started as a C shooter and are already almost a master in a year. I have another gentleman who just made master and he almost made GM already and he started with me as a B class shooter. I have guys that have taken my class that have instantly gone up from after my class to after or before my class to after my class, an entire classification from a C to a B or to a B to an A, all because of coaching, but they work their butts off. It's the best part of being a coach is when you watch these guys go in and they crush the goals that they have because of your, my knowledge, or because things that I shared with them, because I gave them the shortcut. It's like, oh man, I love this game. I love this. I love this job. <laughs> it's, it's just, sometimes it's hard to explain unless you've coached people in your life. It's, it's hard to explain sometimes because it's a, it's a feeling that you don't get unless 
you coach, unless you watch other people get better. And you're the reason, right? I mean, I'm part of the reason. They're the reason that they got better, but I'm part of like what I said got them over the hump. What I've said got them over the hump. And that's like just such an amazing feeling. Not not because of me, but because of them. Like I'm like, oh, look at that. That I remember struggling so much to get out of C class. <laughs> I remember what it was like to get out of master and grandmaster and try to hit that, try to push to get that classifier hundred percent, get that classifier. And I just couldn't get it because I was trying so hard or because I needed that one little tip that, you know, when I reloaded to keep the rifle on my shoulder or, or bring my elbow in when I reload and all these different little tips that I teach on how to be more consistent. Those are all things that are just, you know, lost when you don't have a coach, you you have to figure them out yourself. So that that's kind of like 2021 was a, uh, or was a great year. I mean, it really, really was. I had, I was very successful at nationals. I did not win uh, nationals like I wanted to, but there's always one winner. There's only one. And you're competing against guys that are just professional shooters. I mean, you really are. You're competing against guys that make hundred to $200,000 a year to kick our ass as normal shooters. And it's hard. It's very hard, but that's why I like it. That's why I like it. That's why I love what I do. That's why I love this sport because it's supposed to be hard. If it was easy and everybody was a national champ, then what the hell are we doing this for? But you got to work hard. You got to put that time and you got to put that effort in. There's only one way to be a national champion in this game, and that's if you work hard. I hate to tell you, but these guys that get paid to be professional shooters, they get paid whether they win or lose. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it for their pride and because they love to bust their ass and put the work in. They're putting the work in. That's all it takes, guys. It really does. You just put some extra work in and you'll be amazed at your effort, at, at your, your results will take care of themselves. Where I come in is I try to give the tips on how to make that process faster and easier. That, that's why I love the insider circle because I'm getting, I get messages from guys on a weekly basis like, bro, I just, I just hit hundred percent classifier. I've never even shot a grandmaster classifier. I just hit hundred percent because of that video you just sent me. You know, I'm watching guys. I have a student right now. I have a student right now that I just did a video for. And his footwork sucked. I mean, his footwork has been so terrible. I mean, every monthly video, I'm like, bro, your feet, you're crossing your legs. You're banging your legs together. And the gun's jumping and bouncing. And and, you, and you're killing your, your movement. It's crushing you. You're not using your power leg to exit. You're just, you're, you, you have no power when you leave and all these different things that I talk about in these videos. And he sent me a, a video of all of his matches or all of his stages from a match that he had the other day for his monthly breakdown. And seven, I think he sent, I think there was five or six stages on that. And five of those videos out of the six were a lot of mistakes for on the things that we're talking about with his footwork. But the last video or one of those videos was perfect. He still made a few mistakes footwork wise, but it was like, Oh my God, this is it, dude. You got it. You found it. And I'm talking to him and he's like, yes, I figured it out. He goes, my score sucked. My hits weren't good because my timing was off. Cause when you're thinking about your feet, 
or turning your hips or rolling your toe to heel to toe or all the things that I teach on how to be more accurate on the move. And you're focusing on just one part of that and not the accuracy or the trigger or, you know, the grip or any of that. And you're only focused on movement. You're going to suck. <laughs> it's not easy. I'll go back real quick to JJ's class. JJ taught me on how to square up coming into a box. I used to come in with my, if I was going left to right, I would come in with my left foot, land in the box, and then bring my right foot in from out of bounds. So I would cross my feet. I would cross my feet and cross my legs, which I, I always knew never to do when I'm moving and shooting. But I, and I learned that as a shooter, especially with PCC. But as I, as I would enter a box, I would always enter with the wrong, with my, my outside foot instead of the one that I wanted to be in there. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And man, did I suck. I mean, I suck so bad that my buddy Lee, who helps JJ set up classes sometimes, and JJ were laughing their asses off. And I was, I was so mad at myself. I was like, what the hell, dude? Because I couldn't hit the target for my life. I would, I would jump into the box. I was doing all this weird shit. And there, he was laughing his ass off at me because he knows. He, and, and I knew what it was. And I was like, bro, I, what in the hell? I was like, I want to go again. I want to go again. I want to go again. And obviously, I'm not the only one there. So I couldn't just keep going. But I figured it out before I left. Before I left. I remember walking that, dry firing that over and over and over again while everybody else was running it during the class. And then I got it and then I locked it in and I had it before I left that class. I had it and JJ goes, that's it. You got it. You got it. You got it. There it is. That's what you need to do. Just remember that from now on. And I, I think I had within a week I had it. It was it that it's now my normal, the way I enter squared up. I enter with my, uh, my outside leg last instead. I never cross my feet coming in. What a difference. What a difference. But again, if I would have went to JJ's class and been like, hey, I already know everything, I wouldn't have learned that. And that was a big thing. It's something that I changed in my coaching. I, I mean, I was coaching what he said, but I wasn't executing it. And I certainly wasn't going into the details that he did to, to fix it and, and explain why it was better to do it that way. That's what makes a good coach is you have to be able to explain why it works. You can't just go do it because I said so. Well, no one listens to that, especially not a bunch of dudes, alpha males like most of us. <laughs> uh, they don't, you know, we got it all. We got it all figured out. You know, most of us are successful in life outside of shooting. And this is our, this is our hobby that we suck at. And we want to get better at because we want to be successful at everything we touch. So it was it, those kind of drills or those kind of moments are when you're like, wow, all right, I got it. But the biggest thing about his video that we did, and I talked to him afterwards, we messaged each other. He goes, bro, my hit sucked, but my, my movement felt better. And I said, it doesn't matter about your scores. He said, yep, I didn't care at all. All I cared about was I was focused on my footwork and my movement. And you could tell throughout that video, he progressively got better in, in the movement. And now it's just, Perfecting it, trying to perfect it and do it every single time, make it sort subconscious. That's the, I would say that's the hardest part of, of coaching or even as a student, you have to pick one thing. You can't pick three, two, three, four, five things. It's one thing at a time. That's how you get better. If you're not focused on one thing at a time, you will never get it. Because what's going to happen is you, let's just say today I'm going to work on my draw. Boom, boom, boom. All right, cool. 
Well, tomorrow I'm going to work on movement. Well, your draw sucks. You still don't have a good draw. Okay, well, well, all right, cool. I'll throw some draw in and then I'll throw some movement in. No, get the draw down. After your draw is done, because that's a fundamental thing that you have to do every single stage. Get the draw down. Once you get the draw down, then you work on the next thing. All right, cool. I'm going to work on entering entering from left to right. All right, great. Uh, okay, I'm going to uh, just a ton of left to right entries until I have it figured out. And here's the other thing. You're always going to make mistakes. So don't think that because you make mistakes after you figured it out that you have to start all over again. Nope. Just keep going. Keep practicing. Make sure you add it into those practices. During those local matches, use those as practices. Don't use your local match as I have to be the grand national champion or the, the national champion of our local five-stage match on, on our monthly Sunday. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Those aren't big matches to most people. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if that's your big match. But I will tell you, you will never get better if you treat every single one of them like you have to win them. It's okay to give up a couple of those for a few months. I'll give you an example. I have a couple guys that I shoot with right now that I'm really good friends with. They're, they, I run a match with them, and they're both in my insider circle. And both of them for, oh my gosh, I would say three months sucked at moving and shooting. I mean, to the point where if there was a piece of steel out there, a big piece of steel at 10 yards, there'd be five, six shots at that on the move. Because the footwork was off, right? The timing was off. It was just, it was just off. And I remember people saying, man, those guys, they need to stop moving and shooting. You can't move and shoot on that piece of steel. And I was like, well, I did. Yeah, but you know, you're a grandmaster. Okay, well, how the hell did I become a grandmaster? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't just wake up and become a grandmaster. I became a grandmaster because I was willing to suck for months so that at the end of it all, after the end of embracing the suck. I was going to be one of the best grandmasters in the world. That was my goal. It's still my goal. I still have matches that I just don't, I'm just there for working on things. Most of the stuff I work on now at my level is I'm, I'm most of it's mental, mental focus stuff. Like I'm really focusing a lot more on, well, right now I'm, I'm doing a lot more gun stuff because I, I switched to open, but I've, I've been really focusing a lot on that visual patience, the, the trigger prep, that whole mindset of trigger prep and calling my shots when I pull the trigger leaving, using the trigger as the activator to pull off the target, not the hole in the paper or the shot, uh, the sound of the gun. I want the, when I pull trigger, go that kind of thing. I'll, I'll end on this guys, because this is something that I'm going to grow in my insider circle a lot next year. I have some big plans to really grow my dry fire section. I want to do some live. I'm going to call it live dry fire sessions, I guess, where I'm not, they're not live, but I'm on the range. I'm going to be videoing some, uh, some dry fire sequences. I'm going to be dry firing some dry fire sequences with swingers, max traps, all those things, poppers, you know, steel where they actually fall down be able to use my times and then make a longer time so that for people that aren't at my level, but try to maybe, maybe put down some grandmaster level times of where you should be able to shoot that on a consistent basis. Um, those kind of things for the insider circle this year. So the biggest thing that I discovered this year, especially at the end 
was how much dry fire really locked in my skill sets. And what do I mean by that? So I sit down and the last match of the year, I'm shooting open and I'm just not feeling good with the gun at all. I still don't feel 100%, but I feel better. I feel a lot better after one single dry fire session. I have been dry firing a little bit, trying it out, practicing it, and just not really getting it. Like not feeling the gun, not feeling what I want to feel. Tried a thumb rest, took that off, hated it. Uh, I didn't have the right thumb rest. I had kind of a half of a thumb rest. So I'm sure that the, you know, I don't, I don't want this to become a thumb rest video where everyone's like, oh man, bullshit, thumb rests are great. That's fine. Personal choice. I personally don't use one. Never have, never did in carry optics, hate it. So I decided to take it off. Well, as soon as I took it off, I instantly got more comfortable with the gun. The other issue I had with, with going into that before that dry fire session was I couldn't figure out what the gun was doing. It would never, it was never consistent or it was consistently driving down afterwards. I know some of that was my grip. I was overdriving the gun with that thumb rest. So I decided to remove it. And then I just went back to my carry optics grip. But, uh, but, big but, I was shooting a 2011 compared to a Canik. The Canik has a super thin grip compared to a 2011. Well, Instead of keeping with my fundamentals of pinching the gun while I squeeze it, I was just squeezing the gun. I would put two hands on that bad boy and just squeeze the daylights out of it. Well, I didn't actually have control over the where the recoil was coming from or going to in the gun. So that right there was it. That was the end of it. I, I knew I was going to have issues if I didn't start working on my fundamentals of the gun. So I went to the range, checked the springs, changed my uh, recoil springs, checked ch checked some ammo stuff. Everything was good to go for that match. I said, all right, cool. I like this spring. It's I was able to repeat it right back to center every time. Still wasn't 100% happy with that. I guess you would call it a practice, but I only shot 100 rounds of actual practice, and I shot maybe 200 rounds just testing springs. So I go to the mat, I go to the match, we walk the stages and I'm always pretty confident in myself. Uh, you know, you have to be, if you're an athlete or in this sport, or any sport, if you don't have confidence that you're going to win, you're not going to win. I, I know there's people in this world that feel like if someone says they're good, that they're cocky, you, you just, you got to wake up. You have to be confident in yourself. You have to be confident in yourself. Go into the match, walk the stages, and man, I was like, all right, cool. I feel great about these stages. I love the stages. So Gorka and Manny and those guys over at uh, Extreme GM always do an amazing job on stages. So we go to the match, walk stages, and that night we go to the hotel. So I'm sitting down. I'm like, all right, man, you know, it's getting late. I'm, I'm, I'm got to get ready to go to bed soon. So I'm going to do some dry fire. I'm not going to just sit here and watch TV. I'll throw a little dry fire in here while I got a chance. So me and my buddy Pete, we're, we're in the same hotel, sharing the hotel. And I said, uh, man, I'll, I'm going to dry fire. He goes, all right, cool. I'll dry fire with you. So I sit down with this open gun. And I'm I'm not 100% comfortable with any of it, the grip, any of that stuff. The reloads and stuff are all good. You know, adding a five-gallon bucket to the bottom of the to the gun is awesome. So I said, I said, man, I'm going to work on my grip. I'm going to focus on my grip here. I got to figure this out tonight. I want to figure this out. Even if I didn't figure it out tonight, I just, I wanted to do some experimenting and try to figure it out. 
15 minutes of that dry fire session. And I walked out of that hotel the next morning knowing I had a good chance to win because I really locked that grip in. I mean, I don't know what it was that forced me to work on my grip or how I changed it, the pressures, where I was going to pressure, whatever it was, I just figured it out. And I said, okay, this is my old grip with the Canic. This is the old grip with the Canic. But now I have it on a giant, thick 2011 compared to the Canic. So I go to the match and I crush it. I mean, I crushed it. And and there were some things that I changed at that match. I had to focus on my grip more. I focused on my grip almost 100%. I almost didn't even think about the scores. The scores took care of themselves. I mean, I walked out of my first stage and it wasn't a hundred percent. Like I would have been a little bit faster. If, I think if I would have had some warm up, but I hadn't pulled the trigger. I hadn't, I do, I drew a lot. I went over to the safe table and started drawing a lot and I got warmed up there, but I didn't, I didn't have any warm up. There's no warm up bay at the time. I didn't ask to even warm up. I'm sure they would have let us. They had a steel area that we probably could have, but I didn't. So I just went to the safe table and did a bunch of draws, walked the stages a bunch and ready to rock and roll. So I shoot those stages and I think there was only one stage that I shot bad. And I'm going to tell you, I learned a very valuable lesson this year on it. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I stick with it. And I think this is one of the things that cost me at nationals is I'll have these moments in my brain where I'm like, this is the stage I'm going to crush it. No, (laughs) no, I'm already crushing it. I'm already shooting at a high level. I'm already shooting at a grandmaster level. All I need to do is be consistent. So I shoot, I have a first, 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 second, third, fourth, first, 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 second, third, fourth, whatever. I mean, I have all these top four positions, placements on stages and have 119 on one. Why? How did I get the 119? Pretty simple. That stage that I walked up to, I said, I'm gonna burn it down. I'm gonna crush this. I've been doing that the whole time. Why would I even tell myself that? It made no sense. It made no sense. I had bad hits and I had a jam and it ended up costing me a mic. Falling out of bounds. I mean, stupid shit. Shit that I never do. So I don't know why I did it. Now, I will tell you that the jam, the jam is an issue for me right now because when I have a malfunction with the open gun, I don't know what it feels like because I haven't been shooting it enough. So now like when I get a jam, I'd stare at the gun and look at it like, all right, is the magazine in? Uh, it's just like, what do I do with my hands? It's like one of those things. So it's, it's a learning process. You get a new gun, you get a new, new mags, you get whatever it is. You have to, it's a learning process. You have to learn to get comfortable with that equipment. And I haven't been there yet. So that's kind of where I was at with that. But again, I learned so much about how important that dry fire session was and how much I need to start focusing a lot more on that dry fire Uh, not just as me personally, but as my students, my students need to get more of that dry fire content coming their way. So it was just a big, big kind of light bulb went off at the end of the year here on on everything. So it's, it's pretty exciting. I'm super excited about 2022. Uh, I plan on growing this a lot bigger than it already is. I plan on doing a lot more classes. So if you're interested in a class in your area, all you have to do is message me and we, we will set one up. The biggest thing for me is if you have a range and or, or somebody that has access to a range, let me know. Set up, We'll set up a class there. And uh, if you help set up a class, you get discounts for setting up that class. So 
feel free to message me. Let me know if you guys are interested in a class in your area. I'm, I'm dying to start doing more classes. I definitely want to travel more next year and start going around and uh, kind of spreading my knowledge and the way I shoot and how I coach is a little bit different than everybody else. So I'm excited to kind of pass that knowledge around. So I already have one set up for Texas next year. And I have one set up for South Carolina next year. So I'll get those things posted up here, hopefully in the next day or two and get them out there so that everybody can kind of see them. And uh, I hope you guys had a great 2021. If you have any questions, hit me up and I'll see you on the range.